Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Matt Warner. Matt is the CTO and co-founder at Blue Mirror, and we're here to discuss choosing the right XDR strategy within the financial industry. Matt, welcome to the show. Excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on today, Matt. Uh, just for those who don't already know who you are, could you just give a, give a little bit of background into who you are, what you do, and also a little bit into who Blumira is as well? Sure, yeah. Uh, I am I'm Matt Warner, of course, as you uh, noted, the CTO and co-founder of Blumira. My background is in offensive and defensive security, as well as startups. Uh, so I spent you know 10 plus years working with MSPs and working in startups essentially just developing new security services for SMBs, a lot of smaller organizations. So we'll say under 1,000, 2,000 employees. And through all of that time in security, one of the biggest things that I learned was that there's very rarely technology being built for uh, the companies that are smaller in the world, which we'll is say not enterprise. And Blumira really is a derivation of how can we provide technology, specifically XDR and SIM technology, to the SMB and mid market in a way that's actually useful to them, in a way that's built that it can be actually utilized by them, uh, and that it has some real value to them as they utilize that software. Uh, and my background kind of all leads up to how can we really best be the best operators we can be in cybersecurity as it pertains to markets where technology is not often made for them. Yeah, nice one. Thank you for that. And obviously, you know, I know uh, Blue Mirror has a lot of different customers in a lot of different industries, but I really wanted to kind of uh, get your take on the the financial industry specifically right now, because um, we are seeing a lot of, you know, unique sort of challenges within, within the BFSI space. Um, what are some of the current security pain points facing IT teams that, that, that you're really seeing in that space? The BFSI space really has kind of some unique complexities that are built into it. And some of it is that it's been around longer than some of the other spaces, at least on the internet longer than some of those other spaces. So you run into these situations where legacy solutions are still embedded into those environments. They could be the fact that you're still running HPUX and old mainframes. It could be that you have, you know, an exposed uh, file transfer at your DMZ that you're exposing publicly because you knew you needed that and you have continued to need it for your clients for the last 10, 15, 20 years. And in general, the risk, compliance, and need for cyber insurance pressure continues to grow inside of the any sort of the financial or banking space. And it's resulted in a situation where it's just really inherently difficult to catch up if you are working in IT and security, especially in the BFSI space. Uh, just the inherent uh, need to feel like you must be protecting yourself while at the same time trying to do it with technology that was not built for your team puts you and these organizations in a situation where they're often just kind of running from fire to fire and they're unable to kind of stop, look at what their current security kind of risk outlook looks like and what they need to fix moving forward or move into moving forward. And that gets a lot harder inside of the BFSI space just because you get that downward pressure from auditors from the state or government level. Uh, you get it from inside the organization itself. And at one point, you have so much to do and you have so much technology that wasn't really made for the team you have 
especially if you have a if you're under a couple thousand employees, it gets really, really difficult to be a successful or feel like you're a successful IT security organization at that point. Um, and that's a lot of why uh, Bloomier has done what we've done. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And and just to kind of move into, you know, some of the ways in which we can really fix that, um, coming from like an, S, uh, an XDR angle, you know, what, what really is the true meaning of XDR um, from your perspective? And how would you know um, as a security leader if you needed that? It's a it's a good it's a good and interesting question on that. Like what is XDR is essentially in 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 many ways an unknown and unanswerable thing. Uh, I mean it was defined in, in 2018, of course, when it was first devised by Palo Alto. Um, but from over the last, you know, four to six years, XDR has really evolved from a closed source suite of technologies that a big company was able to just pile together in one skew, which is really kind of what the beginning of XDR was, uh, up to now, which is really the, the market realizing, well, we need more than just a SIM, or probably a better way to look at it, in my opinion, is how can we go get more out of our data and how can we learn more and how can we execute more to ensure that we can just in general have more time available to, to do IT and security work inside the organization. So XDR really just ends up becoming, you know, it's extended detection and response. Uh, many XDRs focus heavily on the endpoint. Um, and really from the standpoint of if you need it, I, I the way that I look at this and the way that we talk to people about XDR is, if you're an organization that needs visibility, if you're an organization that knows you need a SIM or you have some amount of compliance regulations, an XDR can be useful to you. Uh, what we often see people run into, however, is that there's different varieties of XDR. There's XDRs that are backed by a SIM. There's XDRs that are really more focused on the endpoint solution, like CrowdStrike, Sentinel-1. Uh, and then there's other XDRs that are more broad, like Palo Alto's and FortiGates, where you're talking about more of a closed source XDR that's really just getting focused on solving the problems inside of that, that kind of tech stack. And what we see across those different types of XDR is that it really depends on how much budget you have available, is probably the biggest one, but also how big your team is and what you really want to get out of that data. It's really common for organizations to implement an XDR solution and then realize, oh, this doesn't help me actually meet compliance. It just helps me identify threats at my endpoint. So really it, what you need and what these organizations kind of determining, you know, what they know if they need, but really depend on what types of visibility they're looking for, what types of compliance you need, which in, in BFSI, you're talking about a pretty significant amount of compliance more often than not, and a lot with overlapping requirements, right? Visibility into audit logs, visibility into what's happening in your environment. Those kind of things are not necessarily part of an XDR package all the time. So it's important for organizations as they move into what is becoming kind of the new big thing inside of cybersecurity, XDR, to determine, is this going to solve my problems? Does this help me meet compliance? Does this help me detect threats? And does this give me everything I need? Or do I need more technology if I do adopt this? Yeah, and obviously you touched upon, you know, the different types of XDR there. And I guess like that, that amount of selection and variety like might be a little bit daunting to some people. Um, sure. I, I guess my question, just to kind of follow up on that would be, you know, what, what is the real difference between these different types of XDR? Um, and, and how like are they going like above and beyond what like a simple EDR solution would offer? Um, and 
you know, what are some pros and cons specific to these different types of XDR? And how do you even go about choosing between them? That, I think that's the big question, right? Especially in, in the market these days. And in every organization, including Boomer, of course, is going to have their own opinion as to how XDR is filled out, what people need. But generally, the difference between those different types of XDR is going to align with what you as an organization really need out of that technology. In, in many ways, where XDR started, it was really an evolution of kind of EDR or next-gen AV, uh, where you had Palo Alto with traps and then moving forward into a full XDR environment. And we see that at CrowdStrike and Sentinel One and a variety of other places as well. Uh, and I think, you know, when we look across the different types, there is an EDR-focused XDR, like the CrowdStrikes. There are closed-source XDRs, like the Palo Altos. There are broad open XDRs. Uh, and as well as kind of a SIM-driven XDR, which is kind of where we sit at Blue Mira, which is to say, focus on the data, focus on solving broad problems, but also ensure that you're leveraging that EDR and NGAV type data to really drive good detection capabilities within that environment, while also driving the capability to get value out of your data. Um, but, you know, there, there are still cons of that, right? If you look at the pros of things like Palo Alto's closed XDR, or FortiGates, or really any of them, you get this benefit of a suite of systems that all just kind of, in the perfect world, work together. Uh, and you're seeing that now with Cisco purchasing Splunk. But the grand scheme of it all is that none of those solutions are built for organizations that don't have a large enterprise team to make them work. Uh, they are often enabled in a way where organizations will have to build or identify new technology to put in place. So the really the, the main difference between all of them is how big is your organization? How big is your IT and security organization that can actually operate these things? Uh, and if you are an organization that kind of needs to be lean, which is the majority of organizations out there running IT security, you really need to identify those solutions in the XDR space that are going to solve more problems for you than just the one problem of XDR, endpoint detection and response. Uh, in the grand scheme of it all, it is a great way to do detection, but there's more value inside of that data. And from a compliance perspective, you need to get additional value out of that data. Uh, so it, it's it's really nuanced in regard to how it fits together. The way that kind of uh, I often look at it is if it's EDR focused or closed sourced, usually there's going to be limitations on data going into that XDR because they're really focused on their technology. Whereas if it's going to be SIM driven or something more open, you probably have a capability to get more data into that platform and realize more value out of your data outside of just those endpoint logs. And you likely have more control over that as well. Um, so it really depends a lot on how big your team is and what you really want to see as outcomes from that technology. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, you know, we, we kind of started this conversation with um, really dialing into where the banking sector is right now. Um, which version of these XDR strategies and solutions is best used to tackle um, those problems specific to that financial sector? Well, one of the most difficult parts of the uh, banking and financial sector and insurance as well is the need to have uh, so much data on hand retained and evaluated. It's just really important inside of the compliance mechanism of BFSI that you are ensuring that you are collecting that data, retaining that data, and evaluating that data. 
And we've seen this really broad evolution, of course, across compliance, but you know, banking and finance has always had their own compliance regulations put on top of them. They've always had long kind of retainment periods. And organizations that focus more heavily on a solution that can solve not only their compliance needs, but also their detection and security needs will always make life easier in those organizations that don't have enough uh, resources to execute otherwise. And really the better way to look at that is as an organization with limited resources, because most of us are in organizations with limited resources, because that's just the nature of the world. Um, we aren't all at, at you know, uh, Fortune 50. There is a need to have a technology that can provide you with multiple different outputs, uh, which is to say compliance outputs, protection outputs, and just generally giving you the ability to um, be more successful in your organization without needing to put more time into it. So the version of XDR that that is really best for the banking and finance is one that's going to be more SIM driven or more open that allows you to really load that data in, not have to realize significant additional costs associated with it, or really worst case, have to pull back on logs because you don't want to have too much volume inside of that platform. Um, that is always the worst case, just because then you lose that visibility. And inside of banking and finance, visibility is, of course, you know, the number one most important thing, making sure you have that data, making sure it's auditable, making sure there's integrity of that data. So that's why I'm a big fan of the SIM approach, which is to say, you know, it's a 10, 20 year old technology, but through the evolutions of SIM and through the evolutions of XDR, just the same. Those two technologies brought together really allows organizations to meet those two kind of needs, compliance and the need for uh, broad security within their environment while making their lives easier. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. And obviously, you know, we at M360, we've been to a lot of cybersecurity events this year and we, we've kind of seen how... XDR kind of is a term that's been thrown around, overcomplicated, conflated a lot with EDR, uh, as, as we all know. But I love how Blue Mirror, Blue Mirror as, as those kind of uh, XDR leaders are really just making sure that it stays easy, effective, and really cutting through all of that no noise of what, you know, a true XDR solution actually is. Um, my, my final question for you today, Matt, would then be, um, you know, obviously, as we've seen, XDR develop so much over the last few years. How do you kind of see um, this kind of offering sort of moving forward um, in the next 12 months and beyond? I think what we're likely going to see is two different directions inside of the XDR market. Um, one side, you're going to see a continued push toward more response, more automated response. I think there's always been this deep drive inside of IT and security for more automated response to reduce the need for people's time. However, in my experience, um, there's always a need for humans. There's always a need for that human interaction. An automated response will never have the context a person has, but the reduction in noise and only giving people what matters allows them to really kind of focus on what actually you know, matters inside of their environment. So I expect over the next few years, we're going to continue to see this heavier focus on EDR, a heavier focus on how automation can fit into those organizations, and likely a more of a focus on, you know, there's always this continued focus on ransomware. There's always this continued focus on MITRE attack framework and how they fit together. But none of those really solve risk inside of organizations. They just solve known threats. 
So I, I do expect that as we continue to grow, you'll continue to see this evolution of what is currently like cloud security posture management being brought deeper into that XDR world. So you can get even more value out of your EDR agents, because realistically, if you're pulling in that much data, why not get more value out of that as well? So I, I do think you're going to continue to see evolutions. There's a natural evolution, of course. We're going to see AI rolled into XDR. We're going to see this become this magical thing, quote unquote, that lives with inside of the platforms. Uh, but the big question, I think, for everyone as we continue to approach how LLMs fit into security, how they approach that inside of XDR, is what is the real value of it? Are we getting accurate data out of it? And does it know my environment as well as a person knows my environment? Um, so I, I do think you're going to continue to see better and more, but it's one of those areas in cybersecurity that you know we've been trying to solve this problem for 20, 30 years, and we only have more data now. So I think continued improvement in how we handle that data, how we can pull in more data for people and provide them additional visibility will always be important inside of this market. That makes a lot of sense. Matt, thank you so much for uh, coming on um, to the EM360 podcast today. Thank you. Great to be here. And also, thank you to everyone who uh, took the time to listen to this podcast. Uh, we hope you took a lot away from today's episode, but for further information we talked about, please head on over to bluemira.com. That's B-L-U-M-I-R-A.com. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series, but until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms, follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn, and for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com. <laughs>